you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ, Bucky, back together, uh, semi-together. I'm in Los Angeles. Bucky's in L.A.-ish. Um, we're, but, <laughs> in the uh, Valley. Yeah, you're in, in the, the valley. valley. Close I'm enough. in the Valley. Close enough. Uh, as we march towards the Super Bowl, it's great to, great to see you, Buck. We've got a fun one today. We're going to talk about these Super Bowl matchups, who has the edge, and also uh, going to dig in a little bit on some draft stuff and maybe the uh, the value or lack thereof of the NFL scouting combine coming off some interesting comments from uh, D. Morris Smith, the head of the Players Union, which I thought was fascinating, and I think it's a good conversation. We'll have that in just a little bit. But first of all, I know we're going to be together for the Super Bowl. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to be doing a post-game show um, that you'll be able to find on my uh, my new favorite thing, which is fast, which, I mean, it's really simple. You just find it. You pop on your TV. There's apps on there. It pops right up. You know, basically, that's how it was explained to me 10 minutes ago. Anyways, that's what I'm going. Uh, but we'll be together on that. So what are you bringing snack-wise? What are we uh, What are we grubbing on? So here? it's so funny that, that, that you said that because that's what I was going to ask you because, you know, it, this is the first Super Bowl that I've had to actually 
work on. And so I, I have like little things that I like, I, you know, chicken wings and then, uh, you know, okay. my chips and guac and having all that available in front of the big TV on my soft uh, recliner. Like this is going to be a different hustle for me. So I would expect the snacks and stuff to be up to par. So if we are having catering, yeah, uh, you get, you get one. Re- so if you get one request, are you going with the wings? Oh, I'm going with the wings. And then, you know, the big question after you decide on the wings, are you a drums or a flats guy? Because okay. if, 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 if if we're doing drums or flats, like which one, which one are you bringing? Because I'm all about the drums. I'm it's all about easier. the drums. It's I'm easier. Not, yeah. Got to work a little bit. Not a big work uh, for food guy. I'm not, I don't like peel and eat shrimp. It's too much work. I want some more to work. be peeled. And then, and then the other thing would be uh, our dipping sauces. Are you a ranch? Are you a blue cheese? No, are ranch. You, are you, ranch is the only right answer. Okay. See, so, so, so we're good on that. So we put a little request in. So for that's that. yours. You're going, you're mm-hmm. going wings and we're going with ranch on the side. Is that what we got? Yes. Yes. That's, that's exactly okay. what I'm looking I might shock you a little bit with mine. So I am uh, the little tiny little meatballs, right? So you get the little, with the stick, you, know, you oh, get the little stick. Yeah. Yeah. The, have, the hors d'oeuvres. Yes. The yes. And it has like a barbecue. Okay. Like a yeah, barbecue, oh, barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce on there. Okay. So I think oh, we'll man. do a great, we'll clog our arteries and we'll oh, do all, one heck of a post. Oh, we're all show. protein. All protein. While all Rhett, protein while, over while here. We'll be eating that. Red will be over in the corner doing the Peloton. Just getting ready, <laughs> getting ready for the show. It'll be great. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's jump in here uh, about uh, this Super Bowl matchup here as we get really, really close. We've got all the awards that are going to get announced tonight at NFL Honors, so be on the lookout for that. It's always a fun night. Uh, but obviously, the big thing is the game. That is uh, Sunday, 630 Eastern on Fox, Chiefs-Eagles. Let's start and let's go through the positions and just kind of play of a who would you rather have here. All right, Buck? Let's start at the quarterback position. It seems like it's probably an obvious answer. Uh, between uh, yeah. these two, even though Jalen Hurts coming off a phenomenal year, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be the MVP. Uh, where are you at on that one? Oh, I mean, look, it's going to be Pat Mahomes. It's going to be Pat Mahomes. When you look at his, what, first five years as a starter, they've been at three Super Bowls. He's gained one MVP. He might have another one after the night. Uh, he has a Super Bowl MVP. The guy has shown the ability to do it with a high-level supporting cast when he had Tyreek Hill and others. And he's also done it with, like, a mid-tier set of pass catches, Travis Kelsey and company, just Travis Kelsey of the group being the notable starter and doesn't matter. And so any team would love to have that kind of quarterback because you talk about building around a team with a quarterback who can elevate the play of everyone around him. Well, Pat Mahomes is one of a few players at the position that can do it. So yeah, he gets the nod in that, even though I have to salute Jalen Hurts in terms of how far he's come since we first laid our eyes on him at Alabama and then when he finished at Oklahoma to go from being a second round pick to playing the level that he's played. I mean, salute to him. Yeah, he has played great, but I, I would say that the best way to describe the difference in these two at this point in time in their career, if somehow the Eagles were to get up by 14 points, 17 points, the game's not over with Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. on the other side. I think if the Chiefs get out up 14, 17, I think the Eagles be in real trouble. Yeah, I mean, look, we haven't seen them play like that. I think the one thing about the the, the Eagles, they have played within themselves. They've been able to keep the game uh, kind of within the margin so Jalen Hurts can play the style of play that really works for him and works for the team. But you are right. That is the unknown when it comes to Jalen Hurts. Does he have the ability to bring you back from a significant deficit when the running game is off the table and he has to throw? Can you throw you back into the game? That's what yeah. everyone wants to know from Jalen Hurts because that's the thing that – potentially could be keeping him out of like that that VIP club when it comes to quarterbacks because he's knocking on the doorstep based on how he's played and how he's gotten his team to play. But we need to have that answered before we can kind of give him an invitation to come in. 
Yep, hundred percent. So I think we're we're both on that. We'll give KC two votes there at the quarterback position. Let's go to the running game. Um, this is a running game when you add in Jalen Hurts to the Philadelphia Eagles group with what they do. I would think uh, uh, I'm going to lean heavily towards Philadelphia in this regard, even though I like Isaiah Pacheco and, and some things he's done here uh, with this rushing attack here with KC of late. I think their offensive line is really good uh, in terms of running. I think they're actually a better uh, run offensive line than they are pass offensive line. We'll get to the offensive lines in a second. But just running game-wise, Philly, I mean, that's an easy one, isn't it? Well, I mean, without question, they're committed to it. And it's not only that, like, DJ, it's the combination of factors. It's Jalen Hurts adding to it because of the Zion quarterback run and the RPOs and the options and all that they do. Uh, it's the collection of backs that kind of bring their own flavor when they're in the game. But really, it's the offensive line. This offensive line is finally getting the credit they deserve because we've talked about Philly having the best offensive line in football or being in that conversation the last few years. I think there's a great appreciation for how they do it. This team is big, fast, and physical up front. They, I mean, the last couple of weeks, we've seen them bully the bullies at the line of scrimmage. First, the New York Giants, who really have been able to win with their defensive front, Dexter Lawrence and those guys. And then the next week, dealing with the San Francisco 49ers. Regardless of what happened to Brock Purdy, when you go back and you look at the tape, the Eagles dominated the line of scrimmage. And if they can do that to two top teams, uh, you would think that they would be able to have some success dealing with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and they can roll out six offensive linemen if they want. They can roll out uh, Goddard, who's a really, really good inline blocking tight end, and they have a collection of backs with Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and Kenneth Gainwell who can hit you. So they can hit you for big plays. So I, I think when you just look at the running game and when we'll get to the offensive line, I guess we should probably just do that right here. Um, we'll get to the offensive line when we're talking about the running game and you talk about Philly to stay on them, Buck. I like the fact that when you look at their front, when you look at Mylotta, and you look at Lane Johnson, and you look at Kelsey. Those three guys specifically, those guys can beat you and overwhelm you with power. They can displace you at the line of scrimmage. And a lot of times when you get guys that can do that, you sacrifice the athleticism, which shows up maybe getting to the second level or maybe in pass protection. Not with those guys. Those guys, I mean, Kelsey's as good at the second and third level as anybody I've ever seen. What he does out in space is ridiculous. So you don't have to, you don't have, to have one or the other. You get both uh, with this offensive line with the Philadelphia Eagles. You do. You, you have so many different things that you're able to do with the offensive line. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a credit to the job that they've done coaching and developing these guys. When you look at Jordan Malata move, you look at Jason Kelsey, who's a Hall of Famer move. You look at Lane Johnson, uh, the way that they move man, the flexibility that they have in terms of being able to execute the gap schemes, uh, the guard, the tackle pools, the way they move people, they move bodies. They're so physical. And I think that's the thing that sometimes gets lost because you get caught up in the wizardry of what they're doing in the backfield. At the end of the day, they can hit you right in the face and move you off the ball. And there are not many teams that can move the furniture, meaning the offensive line can move defenders off the ball like the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, you go back and let's uh, let's flip it over here and look at this Kansas City offensive line because this is a very good group. And if you go back and look when these two teams played uh, last year, the, the Chiefs ran for 200 yards, 6.3 a carry. Mm -hmm. They ran it 32 times. They ran it more than they threw it uh, in that matchup. And this is an offensive line that, again, you think of the Kansas City Chiefs, think of high-flying Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid, chucking the ball all over the place. I actually think they're better equipped to run the football. Creed Humphrey's really good getting up to the yes. second level. Orlando Brown's a better run blocker than he is a pass protector. I'd say the same thing with Wiley on the right side. Um, and then obviously Trey Smith can really, really maul people in the run game. So it is a really good run blocking offensive line. And then in pass protection, 
you know, you've got a couple things working for you. You've got the ability to move the pocket with Pat Mahomes. You've got Mahomes' ability to escape pressure. And you've got Andy Reid with the screen game and the quick game. So they do things to maybe help them out a little bit more. I don't think you have to help Philly's offensive line as much in pass Mm -hmm. pro. I think Andy Reid, and he did it in this game by running the football. They mixed in some screens and some quick hitters. um, And then you move Mahomes around. I think that that whole thing works for them really, really well. But I think Mm -hmm. just sheer talent, I would go with the offensive line of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, talent certainly goes to the Philadelphia Eagles. However, the offensive line is the one play where if you get five to play as one, yep. uh, the collective uh, can matter more than the individual uh, players. And so when I think about the Kansas City Chiefs and how they've been able to do a rebuild on the fly up front, uh, they've been able to do it. Orlando Brown, Joe Thune coming over. Uh, they get Creed Humphrey. They get Trey Smith. They've been able to it's really a good group. move. I mean, it's a really good group. And when they want to run the football, like that's the thing. I just think Andy Reid just doesn't want to run it because in the Jacksonville game, in the divisional round, when Pat Mahomes goes out, Chad Henney comes in, the Kansas City Chiefs ran the football effectively. Mm-hmm. So it's there for them. It's just one of the things that uh, on the call sheet, it's not at the top of the page. Yeah, It's just kind of down there like, oh, we'll get to it. But when they do want to get to it, they can run the football. And this might be a week where they may want to run the football a little more to control it, to slow down the pass rush and make those guys defend more than just Pat Mahomes dropping back and delivering from the grassy knoll. When we're looking at that match, matchup right there, when you just focus on that Chiefs offensive line, Eagles defensive line, the Eagles have to earn their pass rush opportunities. So mm-hmm. if the Eagles can stop the run and stop the screen game, which I think you're going to see on some early downs, mm-hmm. specific, specifically early in this game, I think the Chiefs come out and actually try and establish the run. I don't think it's who Andy Reid is. But I think when you're scripting your first 15, I think he incorporates some of the screen game, a lot of the run game. And then after you get out of that 15, we'll see if he kind of goes back into who he wants to be, which is to throw the ball you know, around. But if, they, if you're look, asking me what's the best way for the Kansas City Chiefs to approach this game, spread, spread this group out and run the football. That, that, to me, is the best way for them in this game, which sounds crazy when you have Patrick Mahomes back there, but that's how I feel. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. And the reason why I'm with you on – that aspect is a couple of things could play in Kansas City's favor. I think quickening the tempo a little bit because you want to neutralize the advantage that the Eagles have when it comes to playing that deep D-line rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's keep this first unit on the field and make them play more plays, particularly if you get a rotation with Dominican Sue and Fletcher Cox and those guys on the field. We want to keep them on the field by going up-tempo, but we also want to make them run sideline to sideline. Mm-hmm. So the quick screens to the wide receivers, the regular slow screens to the backs, the uh, fake the slow screen, hit Travis Kelsey on the check down screen to the wide over the middle. Make these guys run a little bit and see if you can take advantage of a, a tired defense that is not able to play the normal rotation uh, where guys are kind of load managing uh, their reps <laughs> and their playing time. Uh, all right, let's go to the pass catchers, wide receivers, tight ends. If you're looking for a team that has the edge there with the pass catchers, where do you go? You know, it's weird because we talk so much about the Philadelphia Eagles running game, but uh, I would say individually, they own the advantage in the pass catcher category. Yes, Travis Kelsey is a goal jacking guy on the Kansas City Chiefs, but you look at the rest of the guys, I think the next three, four, five receivers would go to the Philadelphia Eagles. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, all very good in their own right. Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown in particular, co-number one receivers in this passing game. 
guys that can get it done in a variety of different ways. Devontae Smith is more of the big play playmaker, more of the ver- vertical stretch guy, even though the average would suggest that he's not taking the top off defense as much as he probably could. And then A.J. Brown does the dirty work. Um, physical pass catcher, wins the 50-50 balls, but he also has some special ability with the ball in his hands. And Dallas Goddard can control the middle of the field. Very productive player, underrated. But when you look at his average yards per catch, it's right there with Devontae Smith. And so he's making plays and people aren't paying attention. He is the X factor to me in the X game that you really have to account for. Yeah, if we're looking at it and you just looked at it from a draft standpoint and you you kind of touched on it there, Buck. Um, but if you were going to take all these pass catchers and put them into an open draft, Kelsey would be the first pick. And then after Kelsey, I, you'd have A.J. Brown would go, Devontae Smith would go, Goddard would go. And then, you know, probably Juju at that point in time, but it would mm-hmm. be a Juju, Quez Watkins, and Quez has, you know, big speed. So that's kind of yes. exactly who he is. But you probably go Juju on that one. But needless to say, Kelsey's the top. And then after that, you've got three Eagles. Bing, 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 bing. They've got a lot of ways to uh, to beat you with that group. Absolutely. And it's one of the advantages that they um, have created and they exploit. They exploit your vulnerabilities when you're loading up to deal with the run, they get one-on-one on the outside and they can go either way. And that's the big thing. At, at any moment, Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown can be the guy that is the number one option in the passing game. It can fluctuate series by series. It can fluctuate by game. They have two legitimate guys that can hold down uh, the lead wide receiver position. It gives them big advantage when Jalen Hurst is able to go up to the line of scrimmage and see that he has one-on-one on the outside. Man, it's just pick your poison. So, They've done a really good job of building a very balanced offense from a personnel standpoint. And then the way that they play, they still are also balanced in terms of they run the football. Everyone knows they want to run the football, but they throw the ball a lot more than I think some people would have expected with Jalen Hurts, the quarterback. Yeah, no, it's uh, that it's an interesting way when you look at the. the way this group is constructed here with Philadelphia, they can get you a lot of different ways. I would say, you know, when you look at, at Juju and MVS, and Juju had a good mm-hmm. year. He had almost 1,000 yards. So, I mean, he had, he had a really solid year for them. I think one of those two guys, MVS did it last week, uh, or did it in the, in the conference championship game. One of those two guys has to have a big game because I can't mm-hmm. imagine they're going to let Kelsey get as, as loose as he's been in some of these playoff games. I, I believe they've got to focus a lot of attention on him, which is going to open up some opportunities for one of these other guys. It has to be that. In my mind, DJ, in the Super Bowl, it has to be we are not going to allow Travis Kelsey to beat us. We're going to do whatever we need to do to take him out of the mix. Now, the counterpoint to that is the Kansas City Chiefs do a lot of creative stuff where he's sitting back in blocking, chipping, then he leaks out on a check down. Well, how do you double team a check down route? Yeah. You know, but I know this. This week, we're double teaming the check down. (laughs) Somebody else has to make plays. It has to be that where we're going to erase number 87. But it's, it's a lot of creativity that Andy Reid does to do that. But to that point, if the Eagles make a concerted effort to take him away with double teams and brackets and those things, somebody else has to win. Uh, two weeks ago in the championship round, it was all about MVS. Marquez Valdez-Scanling made them pay. He made the plays. But in a bigger game, in a on a bigger stage, can MVS or Juju Smith-Schuster can they make those critical plays that forces the Eagles out of their double-team tactics? All right, so if we're, if we're looking at it right now and we look at the offense, and again, quarterback is the great equalizer, and that goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. But run game, offensive line, pass catchers, on the whole, just talent-wise, we, we went with Philly. So 
Philly's got three of the four on the offensive side of the ball, just looking at just the pure talent again. Mm -hmm. Now, this Mm -hmm. group is really, really good in Kansas City, and that's not a slight to them at all. But just when we're stacking these up side by side, that's where we are. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to look at the defenses for these teams. Who has the edge? We'll jump into that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, Buck, let's jump over to the other side here. Uh, Looking at the offense, we went Philly, three out of the four categories. We flip over to the defense. Let's start with the defensive line. Who has the edge? 
You know, it's funny because in some instances, you would talk about the Kansas City Chiefs with Chris Jones and Frank Clark and what they're able to do up front. But, man, the Philadelphia Eagles have a decided advantage. You just think about the fact that this team has four guys, four pass rushers with over 10 sacks. Crazy. Um, They have a deep rotation where they have vets. I mean, vets, all pro vets who are just some Hall of Famers. You know, and Dominican Sue, Fletcher Cox. Uh, Robert you, Quinn's got 100 sacks yeah. in this league. I, I mean, you you have legitimate firepower and youth, and it's, it's just crazy what they're able to do and how they've been able to corner market on all these experienced players who are sharing their expertise with their young guys. It's a very dominant offensive line, defensive line. And when you think about how you really want to play defense in this league, everyone would like to be able to rush with four and cover with seven. You know, it allows you to freedom yeah. and flexibility, play man or zone. You can max it. You can load it up, take away the threats while still being able to get consistent pressure. They're one of the few teams that can do it. And what they do, they're allowing a lot of trickery and deception of what they're doing up front. It is a, 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 a whoop tail defense. Basically, they whoop you up front. They get to the quarterback and they change and disrupt the rhythm and the timing of the passing game. So to me, the Eagles are the choice uh, when it comes to debating which of these defensive lines has the advantage. Yeah, and I... I feel like we need to give the Kansas City Chiefs their due on the other side because when you look at Chris Jones is an elite, elite player. Um, you look at Frank Clark, especially in the postseason, is outstanding. Those are two big-time dudes. And George Karloftis is a rookie has come on over the last half of the season and into the postseason. Really good player. So, again, I feel like a lot of these categories we're, we're, we're putting in Philadelphia's corner, but they aren't, you know, it's not like the Chiefs are a bunch of scrubs. Like, this is a team that was second in the league in sacks. I mean, they're mm-hmm. 15 behind the Eagles, but they can rush the passer, and they have, to me, you know, a player that can take over a game, maybe more so than anybody even on the Eagles, just because we've seen Chris Jones mm-hmm. just take over football games uh, on big stages. So the, the question for me then is, if you look at the matchups with these defensive lines, and if we say, okay, the Eagles have more overall talent, more overall depth, well, the way that Kansas City could combat that is if they can get one of these two guys and Chris Jones and Frank Clark on what we would call our tomato can, right? Like, who is that mm-hmm. weak link on the other offensive line? And I don't think that there is a tomato can on the Eagles offensive line, but I would say the one that I would keep an eye on, the one matchup, Landon Dickerson, just mm-hmm. in terms of he's a big hulking guard. When he gets moving in one direction and has to redirect – that's mm-hmm. his that's his kryptonite. That's his issue. So I, I would look for Chris Jones in this game. If, if he's going to take over a game and have a dominant game, it's going to be against Landon Dickerson, and he's going to be crossing his face. and t- They'll try and fan those guys out, and he's going to try and attack him. But it's hard to do that when you've got to worry about run game and quarterback run game and all the other things the Eagles throw at you. I mean, that's the thing. But you're right. And one thing Spags would do, he doesn't mind using uh, blitz pressure to create one-on-one matchups. Yeah. And so how they utilize that. The other thing that we saw going back to the Bengals game in the championship round, uh, when they needed to play, they moved Chris Jones right over top of the fish. Uh, we yeah. saw that. They're like, oh, no, no, go outside. You get the pass first. And you made a pass first. That was really a, a difference maker in the game. And so when you talk about Landon Dickerson maybe being the the target, yeah, Steve Spagnuolo is going to make sure that he gets his guy a handful of those one-on-ones to see if he can create a big play. Because for the Kansas City Chiefs, the way they play defense, they're looking for splash plays. They're looking for something that throws you behind the chains so now they can come after you on second or third down and get you off the field. They are not what we call a shutdown, lockdown defense where they're going to suffocate you from beginning to end. They're trying to create splash plays to give them a chance to really get after it and give their quarterback extra possessions, extra opportunities. 
Well, we talk about these defenses. We talking a lot. We're talking a lot about them as uh, you know as pass defenses, right? We're looking at this defensive line. I think one of the things about Kansas City, you know, it'll be interesting to see. We've seen at times Eagles, and we saw it in their meeting last year when they played each other. Mm-hmm. The Eagles can get gutted every now and then against mm-hmm. the run. So that might be an area where if we're looking to say, okay, where where would you give the edge? You look at some of the way that that uh, you have uh, Colin Saunders, you've got uh, Naughty. Um, they've got guys in there that can play off blocks. Mike Dana had a really good game mm-hmm. in the uh, in the championship game. So they've got maybe not the biggest names as their supporting cast when you're talking about comparing that to the the Sues, the Linval Josephs, the Quins, the you know the kind of the rotational veterans that we've heard of with the Philadelphia Eagles. They've got a good collection of guys there, and against the run too, they can stack blocks and and they can hold up against the run. You know, that's one area that we don't talk enough about with the Eagles because um, we talked about how they have Hall of Fame guys in the rotation, but those guys, some of them came over because they were having issues against the run. Yes, they had some injuries, but they were having a tough time stopping the run. So then you go in and get, uh, I think you got Linval Joseph and Ndamukong Sue at the same time uh, to make sure that you shore that part up. That is something to watch. Maybe the Kansas City Chiefs flip the script. Maybe they do run the ball a little more because teams have had success running at the Eagles. And despite their uh, pass rushing prowess, they are a little lighter on the edges when you have Hassan Reddick on the field who wants to come after the passer, but he's not necessarily the status when it comes to defending the edges. Yeah, the other one I was going to say is if you want to keep an eye on a a sneaky uh, MVP of the Super Bowl, I'm going to give you the sneaky one here, and that's for the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's Javon Hargrave. There's going to be so much attention on Mm -hmm. the outside with Hassan Reddick and Sweat. I think on the inside, and everybody's going to know, you know, Fletcher Cox might be a future Hall of Famer. Sue's a future Hall of Famer. Those guys are in those conversations. Javon Hargrave is an animal inside mm-hmm. as an interior rusher. That's the one I would not sleep on, especially if Mahomes is not, you know, totally 100%. And I think when you looked at Mahomes' run last week for the big play to win the game, he gets hit out of bounds by Joseph Osai. I think people say, okay, well, his, his ankle's good enough. He was able to get out there. But... There's a difference between escaping, build, build, build. Okay, now I'm moving. Now I'm moving, I'm running, I'm getting faster as we go along. I don't know if we're going to see the suddenness with Mahomes to be able to just, like he is so good at, get an initial pressure, that suddenness to just be able to pop and get away from it. If he doesn't have that pop or that juice to be sudden, Javon Hargrave can wreck a game. Yeah, and that has been, you know, like one of the remedies that the Kansas City Chiefs have relied on when people have played max coverage against him is, Pat Mahomes will lose, utilize his legs, his athleticism, mm-hmm. his scrambling ability. Teams have played two-man. Teams have dropped back and played umbrella coverage. And basically taking away the deep stuff, he has been able to kind of scramble out and pick up five, seven, ten yards, extend drives, get first downs with his athleticism. When he is limited and he doesn't have that ability, well, the Philadelphia Eagles have enough speed to track him down before he can be a dangerous threat. So early in the game, being able to look at – does he have his mobility? How close is he to 100%? That matters. Then the other thing would be monitor his progress over the course of the game. As people begin to get around his legs, as they begin to tackle him potentially and fall on that ankle, does his mobility change? Is he more limited uh, in the third and fourth quarter than he was in the first quarter? Because then that also changes the way the Eagles can attack and play coverage in the back end. I wanted to, uh, you know, you're just talking, I don't know why this jogged my memory, but I was thinking of... Uh, uh, you saw the uh, the thirty for thirty on the Ravens. Did you see that? We have to do a full episode on that. By the way, have Billet come on oh, and talk bullies. about the bullies. It oh. was a phenomenal. And I, I'm biased because I came into that organization a little after that. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. thought it was interesting when you look at the journey that that team went on. Um, that was in the playoffs, right? So they 
play the Tennessee Titans, a team that was a divisional mm-hmm. rival, right? And kind of a, a really physical team. And that's that would be like this Eagles team knocking out the Giants in the first round. Very similar. Mm-hmm. You then play uh, a really explosive offensive team in the Oakland Raiders. What do they do? They knock Rich Gannon out of the game early. What do the Eagles do? They knock out two quarterbacks early. Yeah. Then, yeah. then you go into the Super Bowl. They play a Giants team, if you remember, had just scored a zillion points against yes. the Minnesota Vikings. And now you have this Eagles team going up against, you know, the, the Kansas City Chiefs and their dynamic offense. I thought there's some interesting parallels between the, the Ravens, that bully group of the Ravens, and this Philadelphia Eagles team. Well, they become um, the bullies on the block. You know, it's funny. I don't know if we necessarily view the Eagles as one of those rough and tumble teams where if you close your eyes and you say the Philadelphia Eagles, some of the images of like the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Baltimore Ravens, that physicality and toughness that you know you're going to have to deal with come to mind. But when you watch them, to me, it was really telling in the two games they played in the playoffs that you alluded to, the New York Giants, they absolutely whooped them at the point of attack. I mean, yep. they beat them up. They took the fight to them, and they were unafraid of all the stuff that the Giants have done to really bully opponents. And then what they did to the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, they knocked that Brock pretty early, and Josh Johnson wasn't prepared necessarily to play um, at a high level in the championship game. But when you watch the way that game took place the physicality at the point of attack to me they out hit the 49ers and that's the part that makes you a little fearful a little scary makes it a little scary for opponents facing them because they have that in them Nick Sirianni has somehow brought that out I don't know if we ever thought that the Philadelphia Eagles would be like that under him yeah they also the other similarities of those two teams you had offensive head coach with a you know, a background really throwing the football, but they were a great running team. The, the Ravens, same thing. Brian Billick had been on those prolific mm-hmm. uh, offenses in Minnesota. Comes over and now it's Jamal Lewis and they're mashing people in the run game. So there's a lot of similarities between those two teams. And I wouldn't have thought that before watching that documentary. Linebackers, I think we actually go Kansas City on this one, Buck. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, fast, furious. Uh, they make plays. They are they are really problematic. Uh, in the run game and pass game, they cover a lot of ground as sideline to sideline pursuers. And, you know, and, and talking to the coaches for Jacksonville, the first time they played them, you know, they 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 didn't know how fast they were. Mm-hmm. And it made a huge difference in that game. The second time around, they were well aware. But Nick Bolton and Willie Gay certainly caught their eye, caught their attention in the second game. And then when you turn on the tape, man, you see these guys understated, but they make a lot of plays. And it's funny Nick Bolton doing that draft process, instincts, awareness, production, that all stood out. Oh, yeah. The thing that kept them from being kind of like the highly touted prospect was the size. You just wanted, like, size-wise, is it going to, like, work? There, there were little questions about that part of it. But when, but when you watched him, he played the game the way that you want your linebackers to play. And so he's certainly been a very valuable asset to the Chiefs on defense. I'm actually trying to find my uh, my Nick Bolton uh, nuggets and report here because yeah, you were uh, Nick you Bolton. He was really he was really my yeah he was my he was my 34th player. Mm-hmm. He was five eleven uh, in an eight two hundred thirty seven pounds. He ran four five nine. Um, explodes through contact range. He's got stopping power. He can take on. He's a dynamic blitzer. Ironically, my knock on him was I thought he got lost in coverage at times. Now he's turned out to be an outstanding coverage linebacker who just does nothing but make plays on the football and coverage. So, uh, man, that's it. it's ended up being a really good pick. Again, though, and we'll get into this as we get closer to the draft, 
Linebackers, you know, you got to be able to run off the ball, guys. You you cannot play with a slug out there. You got to be able to run. This dude can really go. He can really go. And the other thing that we'll we'll talk about because from a philosophical standpoint, maybe for both teams, uh, not valuing off the ball linebackers as first round talents, but then taking those guys in the second and third round and having success, just kind of understanding value as it relates to the position. Um, not necessarily considered a premium or markier position like we talk about in the drafts sphere, but guy's a really good player. And, you know, the one thing that I do remember and what I've learned from watching him and the instincts and awareness, like guys who are around the ball and you can see their impact on tape, they find a way to do it. Like the production that he had on the uh, stat sheet and in the media guide, you saw that. When you turn on tape, he was in on a lot of tackles. He made a lot of plays, and it's not a surprise that when he got to Kansas City, he did the same thing. Um, we'll go over to the Philadelphia Eagles side of things here. We're going to give KC the edge, um, but I, I will say that TJ Edwards has been a really, really good player for them, uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's somebody, again, you just talk about instincts. He's got that big time, um, just always around the football, and has been a nice, he's been a nice playmaker there for the uh for the philadelphia eagles and again not somebody they had to expand a uh, a big time pick on where they were able to land him no i mean he, he just really good player and for the eagles you know their front line makes life easy for the second level defenders run chase scrape you're, you're really playing unobstructed when it comes to your path to the football because there's so much attention on the people up front and when you put those guys behind the big bodies that they have on the interior I mean, we've talked about Indominus Sue and Linvo Joseph. We can talk about uh, Jordan Davis and the size and the stuff that he commands uh, a double team at the point of attack. Well, that makes life easy. If you're just running around, flowing to the ball fast and freely, that's exactly what you want. And so the Eagles have really done a good job of constructing the defense uh, the way that they to match the way that they draft their personnel. You know, they have all the investment in the defensive line. They don't invest as much in the linebacker court, but those guys make plays. And so they're very capable players, uh, maybe not the marquee players that some teams house at those positions. Though. And I know TJ Edwards, you know, is a Wisconsin guy and has worked out with the Watt brothers, I believe, in the offseason. Man, he you watch him. He plays fast. Buck, he ran 4.87. I crushed him coming out. 4.87. He does not look 4.87 on the field and i'd be curious what the gps you know that was 2019 i hadn't really got that information at that point in time i wonder if there was a big discrepancy or if he was hurt when he ran because that doesn't add up no it doesn't add up but then you know the, the other thing uh dj and i don't think what the philadelphia eagles do is very complex it's not very complicated yeah um and there's something too when you, you utilize simple schemes that allow guys to play fast and so maybe his ability to play fast in game is due to the simplicity that the Eagles utilize when it comes to what their scheme is. Yeah. Don't ask them to do a lot. Hey, man, see it, get it, go make plays. And sometimes because of that, man, you play a, a step or two faster than the competition because you know exactly what you're doing and you do it with a lot of confidence. No doubt. Um, all right, so we're going to go KC to the linebackers. Secondary here, last one there. When we're looking at offense, defense, secondary, where are you leaning? You know, it's funny because the Kansas City Chiefs are playing so many rookies and young guys. Very talented. So I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles because of the experience. Darius Slade, James Bradbury, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, uh, that experienced group in the back end. Uh, look, are, are they still in their prime? I would say not all the way, but, man, they're experienced from being around the league and in the league for a long time. They play faster. And when you do some of the breakdowns of the XO, man, you just see these guys jump routes, yeah. jump 
plays. They're playing a soft little umbrella zone, but they know what's happening. And Slay and Bradbury and Johnson, they put their foot in the ground and they go make plays. And the other thing that is underrated, we always talk about the importance of turnovers and looking for corners with ball skills. The thing that is underrated, can they catch? Yes. Because it's one thing to get your hands on the ball for breakups and that stuff. It's another thing when they catch it and they turn it over. The Philadelphia Eagles guys, they catch it. Slay, Gardner Johnson, Bradbury, when the ball is floating uh, in their areas, they make plays on, they turn it over. And that's a huge difference. It's one of the reasons why they win so many games because of their, their plus margin in the turnover battle. All right, I'm going to just whip through this last part here. If we just, okay, we've got the offensive defense done. So if we just look offense, defense, Kansas City, we have winning two of the categories, okay? Philadelphia, we have winning one, two, three, four, uh, five, five of the categories. So five to two, just looking offense, uh, defense. Here's the interesting thing. Special teams, I think we would go Kansas City when you look at, at, at Butker and what they have in the mm-hmm. punting game. Then when you look at coaches, obviously with Andy Reid, with his experience, you would go Kansas City. So now you add special teams and you add coaching. Now all of a sudden, 5-4. And then you say, okay, well, I'd, I'd rather be the 5 than the 4, but what if I told you that the team that has the 4 has the quarterback and the coach? Like that's that, I'm glad you made it. We've been working together for too long. Because what I was going to say is, like, whatever it is, the two most important categories, they go in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. The quarterback and the head coach. And as much as I love defense in this league, the game is dictated by the coach and the quarterback. And the better you are at those two spots, the more likely your team is going to win a ton of games. And so even though I will sit here and say on record, hey, man, the Philadelphia Eagles are the more talented team in the Super Bowl. They have all the advantages in all the the areas physically that you win. But in a one-game scenario, quarterback, coach, I have to lean towards the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, And that's just, I mean, they've been there. You're talking about the experience, the big stage what they've gone through collectively, Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, to me, that little thing in a tight game in particular, the head coach and the quarterback gives the advantage to the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. So if we're looking at all that, then we can kind of go with our our prediction at this point in time, and then we'll take a break, come back, talk about this uh, this draft topic we want to hit on here. But so am I reading you correctly then, Buck, to actually win the game, you're going to lean Kansas City on this one? Yeah, I'm going to lean Kansas City. And like if we're talking about scoring mine, I'm thinking – High-scoring game. I'm thinking 31-27. There is something about Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid just kind of understanding how to get it done. They probably feel like they let one slip the last time they were on the stage. And remember, that came at the end of the year when they were talking about dynasty and that stuff. I think they now have a greater appreciation for those big moments. Pat Mahomes in particular, because remember, it was was quick and easy for him. Super Bowl, bang. And so now – he understands the grind and how hard it is to get back here. Uh, there's something about that, that in a one-game uh, situation, I just think he can put the team on his back, even though he's shorthanded when it comes to his team compared to the Eagles. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go Philadelphia. I think I went 28-27. to 27. But this was the thought that I had in my head, and I don't know why. I think MJD might have been brought, talking about this the other day when we were chatting in the green room. But you look at times where we've had kind of these historical offenses versus these really talented defenses, and you Defense think of wins. 
you, you look at, think about the Pete Carroll Seahawks versus the Peyton Manning Broncos. The Seahawks beat the stuffing out of them. Yeah, think about the nice. think about the Rich Gannon high flying Raider offense against the Tampa Bay Bucks, and the Bucks mm-hmm. whooped them. So I don't think we're going to see that type of a dominant game, but I do think there is a little precedent when you get kind of the offense defense in these settings that the defense usually wins more than the offense does. So I'm going to lean Philly in a in a barn burner, 28-27, but I think we're going to get a great game. It's a great game, and you know the the thing that you love is. Two number one seeds, see two of the best teams, two maybe two best teams all year. You get a chance to see them kind of duke it out in the Super Bowl. That's what Super Bowls are supposed to be. It's supposed to be one where you showcase the great teams with the great players, and there are a ton of great players in this game. All right, we're going to take a quick break, come back, hit a draft topic, and then uh, we'll wrap this show up. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. 
Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, Buck, we're going to bring in the uh, the star of the show here. Nabil's going to help us out with this last segment because it was interesting uh, from press conference at the Super Bowl uh, from D. Maurice Smith, the head of the NFLPA, uh, who ironically went to Cedarville College, which is where both of my parents went, where my grandfather was the chancellor for like 40 years. So my dad in his office actually has a nice signed picture from uh, D. Maurice Smith of him. It's like him and Gene Upshaw kind of like hand passing the mantle on from from Upshaw wow. to D. Maurice. Okay. So, yeah. So there's like a family con- – oddly enough, there's a family connection uh, – uh, with D. Maurice, but I thought he had some interesting comments, but I, I don't necessarily agree with him. But I want to get Nabil to uh, to read those for us, Buck, and then we can uh, break it down. Go ahead, Nabil. So Smith said, as soon as you show up, you have to. First wait. of all, let's talk yeah. about what it is. It's the combine, right? Yeah, so We're talking about whether or not we should have the combine, whether the combine is relevant here in 2023. Go ahead, Nabil. So Smith's basically calling for the end of the NFL scouting. But Nabil, I need a little more. I need more a little off? more. Yeah, a little more. <laughs> yeah, come on, come on, man. Let's come go. on, man. You brought up it. Let's go. All right. So Smith said, as soon as you show up, you have to waive all your medical rights, and you not only have to sit there and endure embarrassing questions, and I think that's horrible, and I don't want to poo-poo on any of that, but would you want your son to spend hours inside of an MRI machine and then be evaluated by 32 separate team doctors who are only doing it for one reason? What's the reason? to decrease your draft value. And then Smith also said, we've been tracking all of these players since they were in what? Grade school? If I asked you right now to pull up a high school video of the top draft picks, how long would it take you to do it? All right, Buck. So there's a, there's a lot to chew on there. I, I would yeah. Let me just start with the first, first point and let's get this one out of the way. You cannot compare athletics and investing multi-million dollars into mm-hmm. someone's body that it needs to perform in order for them to be able to show value and earn the money that you are getting to pay them. It doesn't, I don't, if I'm hiring a CPA, I don't need to put them in an MRI machine because if their shoulders barking or if they can't run, they can still type on a computer and they can still do my taxes. This is a physical profession where your success determined is determined by whether or not these guys can stay on the field and stay healthy. You have to get that information. I, I, that to me, is uh, it's apples and oranges to compare that to anything else. Yeah, no, it's crazy for him to bring that up. And I, I'll say this as a former player. No, you got to know that information. I know exactly what I'm getting. You know, now that doesn't necessarily predict how someone's going to perform in the past, but part of what we do in our business, in our industry, is we're trying to mitigate the risks. We're trying to eliminate a lot of the stuff that could factor in down the line. And so if someone has a significant injury history, if someone has uh, these things that would lead our doctors to think that he could be a severe risk, yes, it affects your value. It affects where we take you because, you look, there's a lot of money being passed out. It's not charity. You know, we're not just giving yeah. away money like there is something to comes with, hey, the compensation should match the production. And so what you're trying to do is you're trying to make sure that, hey, if I'm going to take this player in the first round, he should be able to give me this kind of performance and production. If not, then there's some other things that we have to discuss. So, no, I can't agree with what the union is saying when it comes to the elimination of the combine, because as much as they want to talk about the parts that everyone has poked at, like, why are they asking these questions or doing this and that? Here's what I do know. At every job that most people get, the overwhelming majority of people get, 
there's some kind of interview that you have to deal with. There's some kind of interview, some kind of forms that you have to fill out. There's just a vetting process before someone invites you to work at their business. And so it's no different from the National Football League. You have to go through these things to understand, like, hey, whether we want you to be a fit or not. Yeah. And I, I would add that there's different protections in there as well. So let's take the let's take the uh, decreasing your value thing. Right. So let's take Rob Gronkowski as, a, as an example. Mm-hmm. Rob Gronkowski had failed a bunch of physicals coming into the draft process. So his he dropped in the draft and it could be any generic player. Well, one thing you have in the NFL draft, if you draft in the first round, you get a five year contract. You're drafted mm-hmm. outside the first round, you get a four year contract. So if you look at the lost money that he would lost for those first few years of the contract, guess what? You're going to get to the market a year earlier. You're going to get to cash in on mm-hmm. that second contract, which is a lot bigger than your first contract. You're going to get to the table a year earlier to help offset some of those lost wages, maybe because you know the medical thing dinged you a little bit. If you perform during that first contract, you get to the market a year earlier. There's lots of little catches and, and caveats in there, I think, that account for some of these concerns. Now, do I think that that we could be more efficient in pooling doctors and and not having to have these guys have that long of a process. Sure. Let's share more information and maybe not have such a grind there. But I would also add in saying, though, there's no value in in the, if you looked at the testing side of it, I I do think there is because you might've been in a program maybe where you didn't have the Mm -hmm. best strength program, or maybe you had off season injuries. And so I watched you, and even though I have your GPS information on the, on the field in the fall, how many times have we seen guys that we knew were four, five, four, six guys, all of a sudden they get in a training program, their nutrition all of a sudden gets dialed in. They're not taking studies anymore. Um, they're, they're lifting a different way than they were previously. Now they go out there and they run in the four threes, four fours. I'm like, okay, he helped. I've definitely seen guys help themselves. It's not just a situation where guys hurt themselves going through this process. Yeah, I think a lot of made a lot is made of that about a winners and losers coming out of the combine and those things. And DJ, let's be honest, a lot of this stuff for us is, for TV is is it's for clicks like we're forced into winners and losers. We both have worked for teams, multiple teams, where we said, "Hey, man, look, the combine can't hurt you. What it does is it's a checking point. Yep. It is something that is to remind us, hey, maybe we need to go back and look and just kind of confirm some of the things that showed up during his workout. Hey, is he faster? Is he slower? Does that show up on the tape when we go back and look at the game film? Because ultimately, the game tape is the DNA." That's what we're looking at. How you perform in action, that's how probably how you're going to perform in the pros. These other things, though, are to help us make decisions based on you versus other guys as we're stacking the board up. Who's longer? Who's the better athlete? Whose football character fits in better with our program? Well, we don't get an opportunity to do those things until we sit down across from you. And so there have been things and changes to the line of questioning and all of those things that have significantly um, I would say made it a better experience for the process, the way that it was for the pro- prospects, the way that it was yesteryear. Yeah, it was open season. We used to ask crazy questions and all that. Now those questions are off the tape. And so I don't think it's as big of a deal as some people make it out to be. There are a lot harder things that you can do for three days. Yeah. In the, the NFL come do, do it one time. And then the other thing I would add is I was talking to a, a coach the other day or talking to a personnel executive, I should say, and we're talking about a player in this draft class, and they had talked to him at an all-star game. And they asked him about the importance of football in his life. Like, just tell me, like, that's just a very open question, right? Hey, how important is football to you? And the kid said, football saved my life. You know, I was on a, I was on a track going in one direction. I did not have maybe the support around me growing mm-hmm. up. 
and I was drifting through life and football saved my life. And that's why I pour everything I have into football. That's why I'm doing this, training this in the off season and focused on that. That's why I got better every year. Like that, that sounds like, how can you help yourself in a conversation or answer to a question? Well, that dude did when he had that mm-hmm. conversation, that team elevated him because like we liked the player. Now, as we got to know him and visit with him and talk with him, we're going to, we want to bet on this guy. We believe in this guy. And that's off of a conversation. So he helped himself just by interacting. You know, it's funny because I'm reading all these business books and they talk about building uh, great cultures and maintaining great cultures where they talk about, um, look, Jim Collins has the book, uh, Good to Great. And first thing he says is, first the who, then the what. Get the right people on the squad, then figure out what you need to do. Well, the only way you can assess the who is to figure out who am I talking to and what are they about? What is their value system? Do their values align with the values of the team, the organization? And so you have to have those conversations. And the only time that we really have an opportunity to have those conversations is really three moments, DJ. It's sometimes in the fall when we go do the visit, maybe we bump into a prospect casually and have a conversation. Two is really the all-star game where we get a chance to do that stuff where maybe they're the all-star game, the senior bowl, the east-west shrine, the hula bowl, you get a chance to sit with them. But normally it's not the decision makers. It's a a lower level scout that is conducting the interview. And then the combine. Mm -hmm. You have the combine, where you get them? Outside of that, yeah, you get a chance to bring guys in for a 30 30 visit. 24 hours, you get them. So we're talking about making million-dollar decisions of three or four interactions. I just don't understand how else are you going to do that when every other industry – in the world, you have to have some kind of interview or vetting out process to determine whether you want someone to join your business, your organization or not. I was talking to a buddy the other day who was interviewing with Apple and he said he's been through three rounds of interviews and he's hoping he gets the job. But he's already met with them three times. I mean, I mean, it's just it's going to be like that. You're going to want to interact with these guys, get a better feel for them and make better informed decisions. And especially when you have the financial commitment that you're getting ready to make. So I think I still think there's value there with the scouting combine. Hopefully. Uh, it does not go away. Are there ways to be more efficient in some of the medical stuff, sharing information and not making that such a, you know, an arduous task going through that? Sure. I think we can agree on that, that we can make that a little more uh, friendly. But at the end of the day, a little bit. Yeah. Because here, here's the other thing. You don't have to play. Yeah. Like no one is saying you don't have to. Like if you don't want to go through all that, you don't have to. Like yeah. you can go do something else. Like you can get on with life's work. You don't. No one is making you play football. But mm-hmm. if you want to play, there's certain things that you have to do. There's we call it barriers to entry. There's certain things that you have to do if you want to play in the National Football League. Look, it's a privilege. It's not a birthright. Yeah. And so some of these things have to be done. And I think everyone has to understand that. Like they're just not giving away money for you to play football without you having to do some things and pro- prove some things. Yep. hundred percent. I think we're uh, we're in agreement there. I uh, would encourage everybody to check us out on the uh, post-game coverage. Um, you can uh, you can find us there on the uh, on the NFL channel. Uh, you can find Bucky, myself, Rhett. We'll be together after the Super Bowl, and then we're going to do our recap right after that. Uh, so that'll be available to you, you know, probably first thing Monday morning. You'll be able to listen to our recap to the Super Bowl on that episode as well. Uh, Padres just signed you Darvish to an extension, Buck. Just more good news as we march towards the World Series. 
Oh, I love it, man. <laughs> I love it. We'll see. I hope y'all finally get there one day. Like, I hope, I hope, I hope finally get a we'll chance get to see y'all play in a seven-game series, a meaningful seven-game series. By the a way, those those Dodgers series. World Series rings from 2020, what flavor were those little Mickey Mouse rings? They're like, a ring, like a ring pop, right? <laughs> they Is that all what you count. got for that? Yeah. They all, they yeah. all count. They all strawberry count. flavor? They yeah. yeah. Nice. They all count. The Dodgers and Lakers both got those little pop, <laughs> those, those pop rings. <laughs> Uh, that's good stuff. All right. This has been fun. I hope you guys have had fun hanging with us here. Uh, we will catch you next time right here on Move the Stick. Nice job, Nabil. Way to go. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.